You know every superhero gotta have theme music, right? People are crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going utterly mad. This guy gets it. I like him. He's getting angry. I'm here to make a difference. Welcome to another episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. If you're checking in with us, you're checking into the second part of a two-part dialogue uh, that is uh, focusing on the candidates for the special election uh, for District 7, the uh, school board seat that's open. Uh, it's a special election. The two candidates in question, or rather, uh, the two candidates that will be vying for that seat are Charlie Walker Jr. and Elliot Brown, Elliot Melvin Brown, to be exact. Uh, we are actually, uh, during this dialogue, uh, talking with Charlie Walker Jr., and we're going to jump right into that commentary. Uh, before we do that, I want to shout out our sponsors, Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard in Augusta, Georgia. If you're looking for affordable health care and a pharmacy that you can trust, look no further. The Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Also, Jesse and Doris Willett with your locally owned H&R Block at 2664 Tobacco Road in Hepzibah. I recommend them personally because of their 25 years in the business and because they do my taxes. You can call the Willis at 706-305-1412, 706-305-1412. The reason why I wanted to focus on this particular uh, race, um, this uh, District 7 uh, special election, is because of the voter turnout. And you guys will not believe, as sure as this is District 7 uh, during the uh, runoff, or not the runoff, the regular, the general election that was a month ago, the turnout was, in fact, 7%. And so... Uh, when I saw that, when I heard that, I really was inspired to, you know, want to talk to these candidates, want to get their thoughts on that turnout and really just end up having two great conversations about education, about uh, some of the ideals and they have some of the things that they may implement if they're elected. Again, that race uh, is between uh, Charlie Walker Jr. and Elliot Melvin Brown. During this particular discussion, we are talking with Charlie Walker Jr. So let's jump into that discussion. I'm Ken Macon and you're listening to Making a Difference. Welcome to another episode of Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon, here with a, a candidate who I just had the pleasure of meeting. Um, he is a he's in the runoff um, for the Richmond County um, School Board, uh, District 7 to be specific. Uh, glad to have with us on the show today, uh, Mr. Charlie Walker Jr. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing fine, Ken. Thanks for having me. Glad glad to have you on the show. Um, as you guys as uh, you guys know who are listening into the podcast, I mean, we care so deeply about community concerns and community issues, and so this is right down the alley. The the first thing that, that got my attention about the school board races, you know, it was a special election, but aside from that, when the results of the um, of the runoff came out, there was only a, a 7% voter turnout, and we're going to talk about that here very shortly. But first, we want to get to know uh, the candidate, Mr. Walker Jr. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, you want to start from the beginning? Let's 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 do it. <laughs> I um, I was born here in Augusta in 1964. So those math uh, majors out there will quickly figure out I'll be 54 years old on May 5th. Um, uh, I attended uh, District Seven schools. Uh, I went to first grade at um, I, uh, lived in Montclair. Went to first grade at Warren Road Elementary. The first year that the school uh, was opened. Wow. So I was in the inaugural first grade class. <laughs> Uh, I actually ended up spend, spending the next seven years there, and at the end of uh, seven, the seventh grade, uh, unlike today where you seem to graduate from every grade uh, <laughs> and they make a big deal out of it, uh, we just went from first to second to third to fourth, and you, know, you, you knew you did well when you got the report card and they allowed you to go on. <laughs> uh, but in seventh grade, myself and two other students uh, were given an award, which we had no idea was coming our way. We were the only three uh, 
children of the first grade class that had made it all the way through seventh grade in, in that inaugural first class because that was kind of cool. Hmm. Uh, so from there, we uh, ended up going to Tut Middle School, it was it called at the time, eighth and ninth grade. Uh, had a great time there. Played football. Um, and enjoyed uh, just getting to know a lot of people because at that point you were you were coming into a school that had other schools coming into it and you didn't know a lot of the folks. You know, having gone to the school, same school for seven years. I kind of knew everybody uh, and knew all the teachers know you. And so going to Tut was a little bit different, but I really enjoyed that. And then I uh, ended up after ninth grade, we went to, I went to Westside uh, for a year. And then uh, my dad decided that uh, he wanted to carry on the tradition in the Walker family and I was going to go to Aquinas. <laughs> so I ended up going and finishing out my high school career at Aquinas in 11th and 12th grade. Uh, after that, I actually earned a little academic scholarship uh, that the Somerville Women's Group gave out, and I didn't even know that I had won it, and my mom applied without telling me, <laughs> and uh, so it gave me a year of school uh, at Georgia Southern University, well, it was Georgia Southern College then, uh, and so in 1982, I went to Georgia Southern my first year. Uh, again, a great experience, uh, you know, out on your own, <laughs> dorm life, um, became a fraternity member, pledged, did all that great stuff, uh, and I just uh, uh, really enjoyed it. So uh, after that, I, my, my scholarship had run out, and, and I had decided that I wanted to uh, transfer and go to the University of Georgia, which I ended up doing. Uh, finished my college career at the University of Georgia with a BA in communications uh, in 1987. Uh, from there, I ended up uh, going to work for a company called Nationwide Lending, which was a mortgage banking company in Atlanta. Uh, so I moved to Atlanta, which again in itself was another eye-opening experience. Brand new event. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh, young, uh, working down in College Park, which is out by the airport at that point. Um, and I did that for about a year and a half, and it took me about that long to figure out that's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I came back to Augusta and um, ended up hooking up with a company called Osborne Medical Systems. And that's a very unique story in itself. Uh, some of your listeners may know of, of that company. It was uh, uh, a company that developed a um, device for uh, erectile dysfunction. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> so I ended up moving to Orlando, Florida and was their third salesperson. Uh, and uh, worked my way up to uh, sales manager. We grew the company. Every year it was like writing a different chapter in a book. It just became different. And so it was always something new and the company was very dynamic. A lot of young people. Uh, they, uh, the um, management in Osborne uh, asked me to come back to Augusta and fulfill a role as we were going. This was in the late, uh, I'm sorry, this was in the mid-1990s. Uh, and so uh, they wanted me to come back to Augusta and they wanted me to be a um, national manager for insurance and VA business. Uh, so we had so much of that and nobody was really focusing on it. So I came back to Augusta, which was kind of odd because I could fly out of Orlando and go wherever I wanted to uh, straight from that airport. Here you have to connect in Atlanta. Right. And <laughs> I did a lot of flying, so I, I quickly earned uh, that statuses that got me the upgrades and the bumps and stuff, but you still had to go from here to Atlanta. Um, so I did that for a number of years and then uh, eventually became the vice president of sales for the company. Uh, and they were sold in the late 1990s to a company out in California. And uh, the, the partners who owned it wanted me to move to California, and I just 
I had visited out there enough on my days working out there that I knew that really wasn't where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I liked, you know, I'm from Augusta. I didn't intentionally ever come back here, but my, my job brought me back here. And so um, I stayed. And <laughs> at the time I was had met who's now my, I met the, the woman who is now my wife, uh, Melissa, Missy. And uh, she and I were dating at the time. And that was another reason why I didn't leave. So um, maybe some good decisions, maybe some not so good decisions. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Uh, so I, um, I ended up going to work for a company called Modern Business Systems here in Augusta. It's a, been a, a company that's been in Augusta for about 40 years. Uh, been in one form or another doing different things. And when, at the time when I uh, came on, there was a new owner, and they do commercial office furniture and specialty storage. Okay. So we do a lot of interiors just like this building we're in now, uh, and uh, did that for about five or six years, and then had an opportunity to go over to Hammonds Ferry, which is the new... Um, Very familiar Project Jackson. All yeah. The, oh, the yeah. new ballpark. Looks nice, yep. by the way. Yeah, um, and I ended up becoming the sales manager over there uh, for a number of years. It started in 2006, and unfortunately, nobody had a crystal ball, uh, <laughs> and nobody could figure, nobody could predict the fact that the real estate market was about to go under, just like a lot of other markets did in 2008. And so we struggled a little bit, which was really uh, shot out of a cannon and then a thud. It just, everything just stopped. And so um, I really, we had a great team in Hammonds Ferry over there at the time. They're doing very well right now. I'm uh, very uh, proud of the fact that we got it off the ground. Um, but after a while, I just had to go and, and kind of do something else. And so um, I went back to Modern Business Systems. I didn't burn any bridges. <laughs> I try not to. Uh, and uh, have been there ever since. And am now the Director of Business Development and um, really enjoy what we're doing, especially with all the positive growth here in Augusta. Our business is kind of an indicator of how busy we are as to what's going on in the marketplace because people will spend money on renovations or expansion or creating new spots in their business for folks and they need desks and chairs and how to figure out how to put more people into the same footprint. So that's kind of what we help them with and um, and, and very happy to do it. So uh, like I said, married to a wonderful woman, 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 uh, she's a pharmaceutical rep. Okay. We have two children. Uh, Charlie, who's age 12, is a seventh grader at Davidson. Charlie the third. Charlie the third. Awesome. You're exactly right. And uh, and then Cole, who is a fifth grader, going on probably into the junior in college right now, as far as how he <laughs> <coughs> talks and acts. But he'll he'll be graduating again. They graduate from every grade now. Uh, Lake Forest Hills, and he also has been accepted to to go to Davidson, so we're very proud of that. Um, they have to earn that. I have nothing to do with it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mama has a lot to do with it, though. She pushes them pretty hard. Uh, but, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's, a, I mean, and, and it's very comprehensive, and that's really what we want the listening audience to understand, you know, who you are, <clears throat> you know, your background, and just some of your, your life experiences. I'm going to ask, because I know people are listening and inquiring about this. You know, we hear about you know, this varying level of success, certainly if you've been, you know, in the business um, realm, what is it that inspired you to want to run for the school board with, you know, with, with your previous experiences? Well, you're right. Um, most of my adult life and most of my professional life has been in sales. Uh, and, I, and I think to a certain extent, most people are in some sort of sales in one way or another, <laughs> whether they know it or not. Either you're selling a widget 
or you're selling an idea or you're selling some type of way of life or you're doing something. So everybody's got a little bit of a salesperson in it. It just so happens that most of my jobs have that on the title. <laughs> um, I would have to say that the, the, the best way to answer your question, Ken, would be the fact that I have the willingness to do it. Um, I, I saw an opportunity. Uh, I kind of searched inside myself and said, you know, this is something that uh, you, you have a chance to do. Um, can I make it fit? Can I make it work? Uh, is it... Is it part of what I think I, I'm comfortable with and I answered the question yes every single time. Of course I had to consult with my wife <laughs> making sure that it didn't interfere with anything else and um, but yeah that's you know I looked at it I, I've got two children and we've been very fortunate that we've had great experiences great experiences um, in the school system uh, in Richmond County. Uh, you know the folks over at Lake Forest Hills have been tremendous for my kids um, and I, we volunteer just about every chance we can get. Uh, we've known the principals, uh, we know a lot of the teachers and the staff members, and I have uniquely seen the things that they're able to do, but I've also seen the struggles that they've had. So I'm thinking, you know, well, if I've seen some of that, what does it look like in a broader sense, a bigger picture? What does it look like across the whole landscape of the Richmond County School System? Uh, knowing that, you know, maybe some of these really good things could happen in other places. Uh, but I'm not naive enough to think that one person's going to change the direction or the goals of the, of, of the school board. Uh, but I would like to think that I can bring my experiences in business. I can bring my experiences in the fact that, and I've used this as kind of a m mantra uh, up to this point, listen, plan, and execute. And I do that in my business life as well. Um, there's a difference between listening to somebody and being heard. Um, if you're being heard, that means that you're being understood. Um, so, but that goes hand in hand. You have to be willing to listen. And I know that's a kind of a trite expression, but it's true. Uh, so listening is very important. And if you listen well enough, you're able to plan. And by that, you're able to, and especially in this position of running with this seat, you have to plan with others. You're not planning in a, in a vacuum. You're not planning by yourself. Um, and so that stage of the, of the, um, the process allows you to hopefully execute. So, the, you know, you lay all the groundwork back here, but being able to execute, which the board, I think they're actually taking a vote today uh, on the, some of the closure, school closures, uh, our consolidations. Um, so that's them executing. Right. You know, they've done all their due diligence. They've had all their public hearings. They've done all their meetings. They probably had all their committee discussions. And today they're executing. So that's that's really what I think is a very important uh, part of, you know, how I would blend in. Because I understand how that works. You know, there's some give and takes. There's some things like that. So uh, back to the original the willingness to do what it's going to take to, to, to be involved, you know, because I do want to be involved. Uh, this is not something where I go, okay, I put that on my resume and then go do something else. That's not the case. Uh, this is, you got to be there. You got to be willing to listen. I, I was typically a good student because in school, just showing up to class, taking the notes, got most of my work done when test time came uh, as I had my especially in college when I had my other buddies I'm like they ain't been to class <laughs> and they're studying for four days before the big exam because they don't have a clue what went on the four months before it right so being there being a part of what's going on uh, understanding you know the the dynamics of 
how the board operates, um, all those things will you know take a little time, obviously, uh, because I haven't had that experience yet. But uh, I think because of my background and what I'm bringing to the table, uh, again, the willingness to do that, uh, I think will hopefully prove that I could be a good school board member. <laughs> no, the um, I use the word trite, but I the listen, plan, execute. Um, that you were saying is your mantra. It sounds for me, to me it's very practical, and I think it you know kind of reflects on just your upbringing, and even I would go so far as to say your involvement you know in the school system just within the parameters of you know your, raising your kids right. and being a part of that. Right. So no, I, I think you know that it's it's fundamental. It's uh, it's simple, and as I mentioned before, I think it's very practical. I, w- I want to uh, transition very quickly and ask you about the the turnout because you know as as we're painting this picture, we're understanding more about. Um, Charlie Walker Jr. There's a there's a an awareness and an involvement in the school system, and when you get a return in the runoff, and you and you see where there's a seven percent voter turnout, I think that really speaks to a, a lack of awareness, a lack of concern. Um, can you can you speak to that when you saw those results, and what do you think it's going to take to really start to generate that interest within your district to get people to really understand? Hey, there's some pertinent topics going on and we want you to be a part of it. That was a little bit of an eye-opener. Um, I think there were some things working against us, and I, by us I mean the four candidates who were running. Um, a special election in one district. Oh, sure. One ballot, I mean one um, one uh, vote on the on the ballot, that was it. You know, and you, you had to really know it was on that day and really be pushed to go vote. So, um, but that doesn't that doesn't make up for the fact that, you know, out of 17,000 plus registered voters in District 7, we only had 7% show up. Um, I, I talked to some of the other candidates. They were also a little surprised at that as well. Um, but again, um, how, how, do you, how do you impress upon the people in District 7 or in, in Richmond County as a whole or any county uh, that, you know, you take a look at the commission races uh, or the political races, and, and you and I were talking before this about the fact that I don't consider this this candidacy or this seat to be political. I, I know there's politics involved in any type of board, but that's not the, the purpose of this race. Um, and so if if you look at how the commission and all the the uh, newsworthy and publicity and stuff that they garner just because of who they are. Uh, and that is very political. I mean, that's no question about that. Uh, it seems to be a little bit more fizzle over there. Um, but if you really take it and a step back and you look at the fact that the school board is given maybe 70% of every dollar that is tax dollar that is brought in through the county, I mean, that's a huge amount. And the school board is responsible for that. Um, And I would think that the taxpayers who are paying that would want to be a little bit more uh, observant of, well, we really need to put good people on the school board because they're the ones that are responsible for the next wave of taxpayers that are going to be in in Augusta, Georgia, or in Richmond County. So the school board and the commission should work hand in hand on moving those people into a good base of we're going to be good stewards of your money. Um, so I don't know if I'm really ask, answering your question about why that many people showed up or why that's only the amount of people that showed up. Um, but I just don't know if, if people really consider that the school board 
is as important, if not more important, than some of the other boards or commissions or, or groups of, of folks here in the, in the county. I just, I haven't talked to enough people to know why. <laughs> uh, I'm very appreciative of the people who came out and voted, number one, and who came out and voted for me, number two. Um, and we'll see. That's one of the things that I have, I knew there was going to be a runoff from the, when they first told me at the uh, Board of Elections that there were four candidates. I said, then there's going to be a runoff. There's no way that one of us is going to get 50% plus one vote the first time around. This next vote is pure right. how many votes you get. And so every vote counts. You know, you can win by one or you can win by 100. It doesn't matter. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to impress upon the people that I've been involved with and engaging, you've got to remember to go vote. It's very important. Um, so that's kind of my push uh, for the next April 17th election is, is Go vote. I'm not asking you. I would prefer you vote for me. I'm not telling you you have to, but but go vote. And if your listening audience is uh, picking up on this, y'all go vote. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Charlie Walker, Jr. You're listening to Making a Difference. My name is Lauren Macon, and you are listening to Making a Difference with my handsome husband, Ken Macon. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you looking for affordable health care? Are you looking for a pharmacy that you can trust? Well, look no further The Medical Villa Pharmacy on 1520 Laney Walker Boulevard here in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. This may be a familiar voice to you. Hey, it's none other than Ken Macon from the hit show Making a Difference. And I just want to tell you about the fine folks over at Medical Villa Pharmacy. They're led by pharmacists Dr. Marshall Curtis and Baron Curtis. And I tell you, they provide great service for many of us here in Augusta, Richmond County. They take Georgia Medicaid, insurance plans, charge cards, WIC vouchers, and they even provide free delivery service. The Medical Villa Pharmacy is conveniently located in the medical district near the Medical College of Georgia and Payne College. Medical Villa Pharmacy. They are dedicated doctors, medical mavens, and a blessing to the health industry. What more can I say but head to Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Tax problems giving you the blues. Tax liens, levies, garnishments, unfiled tax returns, denied a passport because you owe back taxes. I'm Jesse Willard with your locally owned H&R Block in Hepsiburg. We have over 25 years of experience in representing clients with tax problems, and we can help you to jazz up your life. Contact us at 706-305-1412 to schedule your free consultation. H&R Block, the one you know and trust. I want to ask you, um, in terms of the candidates, because and I know you guys really didn't get a lot of chance to really sit down and, and talk and have that dialogue, but you, you did kind of, I'm hesitant to say a rapper, but you did have some dialogue with some of the candidates and some things that um, just ideolo- ideologically maybe appealed to you. Can you talk about some of those experiences? Yeah, um, you're right. We, we didn't really have a bunch of forums where the four of us as, as a group had a chance to really do a lot of discussions amongst ourselves. We were invited to speak to groups and the focus was, okay, you have your turn, you go talk, you have your turn, you go talk, and then after that, we kind of disbanded and left. Um, and so, but you can certainly, I was able to, and I, and I, again, use my experience on reading people, I could tell a little bit about um, the folks just by what they were saying while they were standing up talking and how they presented themselves. And one of the things that you and I had talked about earlier, and this is kind of a side note, is, is I think the people in District 7 are going to be well served by whoever ends up being um, winning the seat because uh, you know there's two of us left but it hadn't been the other four uh, of the four none of us had ever really run for anything like this before and so we're all kind of new at it but I could tell that 
the um, the other uh, three candidates are, are you know very very passionate and very uh, much involved with what they want to see as far as what they could bring to the table um, uh, you know whether it be through engaging uh, more parent activity uh, retired individuals military um, you know bringing programs into the and I, I I don't begin to know what the school boards faced with right now um, but there were a lot of decent ideas that uh, were kind of floated out there uh, I do know that I um, would like to, if given the chance, again, if the voters decide Charlie's the person, um, to take and, and offer the initiative to the other candidates to stay involved because as residents of District 7, I think uh, they would be the first people that I would reach out to and say, look, I would like to form some, uh, some type of District 7 committee that allows the district to have a voice other than mine that I can take because I'm supposed to be representing the District 7 on the board and I would like the opportunity to be able to involve them if, if again if I'm the one who's selected uh, because they've already shown that they've got the again the willingness to put themselves out there they've got good ideas um, I don't know if I can pinpoint any one particular thing that each one of them talked about because they were all a little bit different but they all came back to a center theme of we're willing to do this um, and we're willing to learn, you know, the first time I ever saw a bicycle, I didn't immediately jump on it and start riding. <laughs> but I guess, guess what? After about two or three times, I was down the road and I didn't come back. <laughs> and so, you know, it's going to take a little while for anybody who's in this seat who's not done it before to get used to the procedures and the things that the school board goes through. But again, going back to engaging uh, the other candidates, um, I would like to think that that would be an opportunity to bring some of those things that I heard on the campaign stops that we did, limited though they were, um, and, and tap into that and say, okay, can you explain that a little bit more? Can you expound on that a little bit more? What is it that you really were trying to get across? Because we only had five minutes. You know, They wanted to know kind of like what you and I, who you are and what you're interested in. And uh, again, mine was mainly around that listen, plan, execute theme, uh, which you gotta kind of be there to do that. Um, but I would like to think that listening to what the other folks have to say in a more in depth would maybe bring some things to light that I'm just not familiar with. Uh, I was on the Austin Road Show the Monday before the election, uh, this past Monday, and uh, after I left, he had a, uh, a caller or an email come in, and it said, Charlie doesn't know what he doesn't know about education. Hmm. And I, I heard that. I was listening to the radio and uh, as I was driving home and I stopped for a moment and I had to think that there is some truth into that, okay? You're right. I don't think any of us who are running for this seat at this time know what we don't know. <laughs> uh, and But Austin's response was, is, well, you know, you don't necessarily have to be an educator in order to sit on the school board. Uh, as a matter of fact, sometimes when you do have people who have that background, they tend to are, are a little bit shaded or blinded by some of the things that they're not seeing because of the passion that they have for the education process. And I, I'm not, I'm not dissing that at all. I'm just saying that, uh, or he was saying, and I, and I kind of agreed with the caller, and I also agreed with Austin's take on that. That you know, we need 
a diverse group of people, not just racially, not just, uh, you know, backgrounds as far as what we've done uh, business-wise or school-wise. We need people that have different opinions and ideas to get to the good opinions and ideas that we bring out. That's, that's why you have a board. Um, and so, you know, although I it, it agree with the statement, I also know that it's, it's not necessarily the case that, all the, again, the four of us who are, who are running, the two of us now that are in the runoff, I don't think any of us have that uh, that that label that we have to have it. You got to be an educator before you could be a school board member. So, uh, you know, I, I would like to think, if I'm for lack of repeating myself, <laughs> that I could could call on if if again given the chance, I call on these other candidates to uh, to let me have them further develop those themes that they were talking about and see if, you know, there's a way to fit that into what works best for District 7. That's that's really good. I mean, and, and it's important, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, when it, there's these, uh, you know, it's important to have an integration of ideas because so often, you know, when we have these dialogues, you know, it's my way or the highway. But the fact that you're willing to, you know, open up and say, well, hey, let's let's have a conversation you know, and particularly among folks who are passionate about, you know, about this, um, about the school board, about education. I mean, it's, it's important to have those dialogues. I, I, I want to shift gears here for a second because I think there are some important issues as it relates to Richmond County, um, the school, not only just the school board, but I think just the state of Richmond County. We hear so often about just some of the socioeconomic dynamics in Richmond County, you know, as, as it relates to, you know, variation of incomes. You know, when it comes to students and, you know, there are situations where low-income students maybe don't do so well. And it, it almost makes sense when you look at it from a socioeconomic perspective. Um, I want to get your thoughts on, you know, you, if you've looked at the school district in that way in terms of socioeconomics. Um, and, you know, maybe what, what are some of your perspectives in terms of, you know, maybe supp uh, supplementing or just maybe uh, shining some light on some of those things. I know Dr. Pringles had a chance to speak to some of those things in some right. local publications, but just want to get your thoughts on them. Well, you don't ever know everybody's circumstances. Um, you don't know what type of support mechanisms are in place for underperforming students. Um, you know, is it because there are our dollars or lack of dollars that makes somebody more successful? Um, you know, like I said, in my own experience with my children, who have been in uh, the, the, the system, um, we've been very pleased, but that doesn't necessarily mean that my experience is the same as everybody else's. Um, as I may have slightly mentioned before, my wife is very attuned, just like my mother was, to what we do in school, uh, and or, or what her children are doing in school right now, my <laughs> kids. Um, and she is constantly vigilant on homework, presentations, um, and so I guess what I'm saying is, is, and this is not, this isn't the millionth time it's been said, but it does start a lot of it at home. And, and again, if there's some disadvantages in some homes, um, then that's obviously going to have an impact on the, the child and the, who is the student. Um, you know, I don't know what uh, Dr. Pringle's uh, philosophy is on uh, the the socioeconomic impact of what the school system is able to push into their different schools. Uh, I do know that, uh, you know, Warren Road and 
Tut and Westside uh, and some of the other, whatever else is in the outlying areas uh, seem to be performing well um, in District 7. Uh, I don't know um, if that's an indication of the fact that the support systems there are better or, or than they are in other places. Um, but I would like to think, I'm not, a, I'm not a big believer in throwing money at something to see if it works. Sure, I understand. <laughs> I, I really am not. Um, I, I'm a believer in finding out why it's not working first and then deciding if the money's going to help or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you may, you may spend a lot of money and get the same or worse results, uh, and then where have you gone? You've kind of gone nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know... I don't know the. That's a that's a pretty broad question. Sure, it is absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to feel my way around it a little bit, but at the same time, I I I, I know we're not talking about just money. Uh, I know we're talking about uh, you know the, the fact that the, the people come from different backgrounds that and, and afford or not afford them different opportunities and experiences. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to think that Richmond County. I mean. We're in an environment right now that's open to just about anyone. Right. You know, the opportunity is here. Do they take advantage of it? Uh, and I would like to think, as I was about to say, that Richmond County school systems probably has a lot of programs, a lot of things that are in place. Are the people taking advantage of it? Do the parents know that they're there? Do the school, do the students know that they're there? Um, so, you know, that how's that message getting out? I, I, and, I, and I'll be more specific in terms of that question because, and, and the reason why I specifically asked about socioeconomics is education, in my estimation, is probably one of the final frontiers in terms of a level. The idea, the ideal, is to create a level playing field so that whether you know a kid walks into a classroom, their parents make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, or their parent or pa- or parents make, you know. a year, when they come into that learning environment, they're supposed to be, you know, a level playing field. And so I'm I'm asking that question specifically to say. Some of that that is how are they prepared to come into that Sure, sure, sure. I I agree that every seat in the room comes at an equal equal pace, Mm -hmm. or it should. Um, You know, I'm not so sure that... uh, that when they get there, they're maybe as prepared as, as others. So, sure. so the environment is level, but the individuals may not be. Um, and that may not be their fault. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we, we um, I had a point here in a second. It kind of escaped my mind what I was going to say. Um, uh, when you were saying about the level field, uh, and I'm sorry. No, it's, no, it's, it's fine. I, I, was, I wanted to interject something here. Um, very quickly, you know, in terms of, you know, we're talking about, uh, and just just to, re- just to review, um, ideally, you know, you're supposed, you, when you come, you know, when you have students to come in a room, they're supposed to be, you know, that we're talking about a level playing field. And I want to go back because we talked about 7% voter turnout. And so I think there's not only a, and I mean, not just Richmond County, but I think we can say this across the country, there's not only a... Um, a disparity in opportunity, but I think there's also a disparity in information. And that's where I think the school board can really, not just yourself, but the school board on, on the whole can really step up and say, you know what, clearly we have some parents, we have some 
some folks out here in the community who are not getting information. What do you think is the school board's role and responsibility in making sure that people are adequately informed so they can take advantage of those opportunities? Well, let's get that one. All right. And I do remember what I was going to say now Great. as you were talking. <laughs> uh, the fact that education comes in so many different ways now. Um, there's not you know, the, the, the way that I learned in school was you got the book, you took it home, you, you had a test and you got a grade. Mm -hmm. um, there are multitudes of levels and layers of ways that kids can learn now. And so I think that's a good thing, but it's also a challenge, you know, because a lot of those things, some of them cost money, mm -hmm. you know, and the kids who maybe who have the parents that can afford to do those things maybe have an advantage. Uh, but like you said, how do, how, do we, how, do we, how do we educate the folks who are in a position to go and vote uh, and go and, and push some of those agendas. You have to have an openness first, and you've got to have a vehicle. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and again, because I'm not on the school board now, I don't know what type of vehicle they're driving sure. to, to do those things. Um, but again, the listen, plan, and execute philosophy, mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I would personally, uh, as, as a school board member, want to get, open up whatever type of communication I could with those people who are interested in those kind of things that we could then maybe bridge that gap and allow for more information to flow. I'm pretty sure that the school system has that probably going on right now. It's just, did the people take advantage of it? Yeah. You know, did, number one, do they know it's there? Number two, if they know it's there, do they take advantage of it? The polls are open uh, last Tuesday. Did people take advantage right. of it? 7% <laughs> did. 93% of those registered voters who didn't is there an excuse for that? Is there um, a blame somewhere? Or is it just that's the way it is now? we got so many other things going on and so many other things are important. Um, you know, where, where is it important for me to be a part of that? Um, me personally, I try to vote on everything I can. Uh, me personally, I try to stay up to what's going on in my kids' school. Me personally, I try to get involved with what's going on in the schools. Me personally, I try to get to know the people that my kids are interacting with. Teachers, uh, staff, other students, their parents. Uh, personally, it makes a difference to me that those things are important. And uh, I, you know, I voted on Tuesday. I would have voted if had I not been running. Um, and, you know, Maybe I consider myself in the minority because I was part of that 7%. <laughs> uh, maybe that's the better part of the time to be a part of a minority. I don't, you know, mm -hmm. it, that's, you know, because of the majority, it's, right. it's, it's a big question mark. You know, the, the, the answer to the why question is not that available. Mm -hmm. And, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I directly. No, no, no. Because it's, it's such a, it's it, such it is a broad. Yeah. big, broad way of. You know, approaching it. The thing I want to, the thing, and I, I think you are doing a very good job of engaging this, um, is the why. Because the why was so important. And I think the why is important, the why is relevant in terms of April 17th. Now, I think it gives you... It, it's even more important. Right. It places you in a unique position, I think, to say, you know what? There's a there's an opening here. There's an opportunity here. <clears throat> and not just, you know, in terms of... I mean, I just think just on a very basic level of you campaigning, just saying, hey, we can get more people to the polls. You're not someone who's saying, you're not someone who's, I guess, what's the word, aggressively saying vote for me. But obviously there is a. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, look, I would, 
I would much prefer the <laughs> right. But I'm not gonna. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not running that way. Uh, you know, I, I think the people have to make a decision. Um, I would say this to to the other the, the other two candidates who are not in the runoff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you're being asked who do you think we should vote for if we're going to go vote again, I would just tell them honestly who you think is going to do the best job. Right. I would like for it to be me, and if it's not, and it's Melvin, then that's the way it goes. Um, but but you know. Take the time to go do it, right. um, and so you're right. I'm I'm not being very aggressive as far as, and I don't think it's me versus anybody. Right. It's it's the people who want to vote will decide who they want to put there. So it's me having the opportunity to to garner their vote. It's not me opposing someone. Uh, I, I think we're both running for the same thing. Um, it just is all up to left up to the the folks who vote. Right. Um, and. So yeah, I like that. I'm 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 not pro- approaching it that way. And, and it, it's a great attitude to have. I want to close things out here. I just want to give you an opportunity to speak to the voters in District Seven. Um, just you know, talk to them about the importance. Obviously, and we talked about it so much of voting. But just if there's a, a final message that you want to impart on the voters, if you could you could share that with us at this time. Oh, first of all, again, thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. Glad to um, do. Uh, I've enjoyed the amount of time we've already had. And I've probably said some things that uh, either made some sense or didn't make some sense. I'm not really sure up to this point. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to the fact that I have a willingness to uh, want to be engaged and want to be involved because I do have children that are in the school system. That doesn't qualify me for anything. Um, But what it does is it enables me to see as a parent uh, what's important. And so for those parents who are listening, uh, you know, and, or grandmothers and grandfathers or aunts and uncles or whomever, um, it's important to know that there's somebody who maybe thinks that it's uh, a good thing that I'm willing to take a look at what the school board's doing right now to add in what I think is, you know, maybe not a lifetime of experience in education, but certainly a lifetime of experience in dealing with budgets um, you know, uh, dealing with uh, the parliamentary issues that have to come up into board and involvement, uh, in dealing with listening, planning, and executing. Uh, and I would hope that, you know, that would be something that a voter would consider when they go to the polls. And the last thing that I really can say is please consider, if you're a registered voter, going to vote. Very well said. So glad to have on the show with us a candidate for the Richmond County School Board of uh, in, in District 7, Charlie Walker Jr. Glad to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, so the episode just ended and you're mad. MAD making a difference, but you're also mad because the episode is over. But here's the deal. The movement continues. It continues on social media and far beyond. Social media, Facebook, Twitter. You can go to facebook.com backslash making M-A-K-I-N a difference show and you can keep up with social commentaries you can also know when the podcasts are coming out you can also know when our video models are coming out and that's the way you can keep up with that it's facebook.com backslash making different show you can also keep up with us on twitter my twitter handle is difference making that's d-i-f-f-e-r-e-n-c making m-a-k-i-n if you want to follow the soundcloud podcast you can do so by going to soundcloud.com backslash making a difference if you're interested in advertising with Making a Difference, you can shoot an email to makin, M-A-K-I-N, 
a difference show at gmail.com. That's making a difference show at gmail.com. Thank you so much for your support. I love you guys. Peace and God bless. You win. Perfect.